Good day. You are listening to the 97th edition of Free City Radio. I'm your host, Stefan Christoph in Montreal. Thank you for being with us. It is Friday, the 25th of February. We are now sharing two interviews uh, every week um, through this podcast network. We broadcast on CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal, and in April we'll also be broadcasting on Tuesdays at 1 o'clock on CJLO, which is at 1690 AM in Montreal. On the program today, uh, we are going to be hearing from Raymond Villanueva, uh, who is a media activist based in Manila in the Philippines. Um, I had the chance to meet Raymond in Manila, Uh, two times um, on two uh, delegations that I was part of. Uh, international activist observers were invited to the Philippines by social movement groups in the country, uh, particularly um, Karapatang, which is a human rights organization based across the Philippines. They work with many international human rights groups, including Amnesty International and Human Rights Watch. They're a local human rights organization, Karapatang. Raymond Villanueva helped um, coordinate some of the media work around the delegations that I was part of. Uh, we were there to observe the ways that paramilitary organizations linked to the Filipino uh, state's military were working to intimidate and also partake in acts of violence um, against uh, members of left political movements in the country. So I wanted to speak with Raymond today uh, in February 2022 about the current situation in the country. Of course, right now the Philippines is administered by a populist right-wing president, Rodrigo Duterte, uh, who has enacted a series of brutal laws surrounding what has been called a war on drugs. This has meant that urban poor communities have been severely impacted, targeted. Uh, there's been a lot of impunity around police and paramilitary killings that have targeted urban poor communities. The war on drugs has seen a crossover of social violence and state-instituted political violence that has also targeted left organizations, including progressive investigative journalists. Raymond Villanueva is involved with the National Union of Journalists in the Philippines. That's the foremost important media organization in the country. And uh, that uh, organization uh, includes members from you know, many international media outlets, including the Manila-based reporters for Al Jazeera, for example. Raymond speaks about the systemic uh, violence that uh, journalists in the Philippines have faced under Duterte. Um, and specifically talks about the case of some community radio journalists who were targeted with state repression. Often what we see is that when we have independent media outlets in the Philippines, including community radio, but also online outlets, we see the systemic violence against reporters taking place on the part of paramilitary groups when they are uncovering the details of the institutionality of the war on drugs. So the ways that paramilitary groups are linked with the police or military of the state. We have seen reporters who uncover the buying off of political officials around international mining corporations active in the Philippines, including Canadian companies, 
We see reporters who are documenting, um, you know, cases of labor rights being undercut in the country within the garment industry and other um, industries where you have international corporations involved. Reporters who are detailing that facing violence, facing threats. And so I think that the work of the international press in the Philippines is important, but most important are the reporters on the ground, Filipino progressive investigative journalists like Raymond Villanueva. Uh, He has been involved in bulatlat.com, that's B-U-L-A-T-L-A-T.com. That's um, one of the most important web journals uh, in the Philippines, and also Kudao Productions, which uh, is uh, an important video-based uh, media institution independent within the country. So we talk about basically what's going on right now in February 2022 in the Philippines under Duterte's government, the repression that journalists have faced. I think that Raymond offers a very important voice, uh, one that is rooted in progressive media networks in the Philippines, and it was really a pleasure to get a chance to speak with him. So here's our conversation. I'm Raymond Villanueva. I'm a journalist of uh, nearly 30 years. Uh, Let's um, maybe just focus a bit on understanding, um, you know, your role with the National Union of Journalists in the Philippines. Uh, obviously, this is an organization that we've highlighted before on CKUT Radio in Montreal and on my program specifically, Free City Radio. Um, can you talk a bit about um, the realities that you've faced um, both before the pandemic, but during the pandemic in terms of the ways that um, member um, organizations and individuals have been documenting Duterte's crackdown on um, independent media workers. I mean, independent journalists have played a critical role in exposing the social political violence of the quote unquote drug war and the ways that it has targeted uh, urban poor communities. Um, it's this, this is a very urgent issue. It's persisting. Can, can you talk about um, sort of your perspective on this having been um, involved for years in Kudao, but also as part of the National Union of the Journalists of Journalists in the Philippines. President Rodrigo Duterte, uh, at the very start of his presidency, justified media killings because he said those who got killed and those who are being attacked, journalists, journalists who are being attacked deserve what they get and the killings hasn't stopped. Today, there are 21 confirmed victims of media killings in the Philippines, and uh, the number of cases of, uh, of attacks on uh, independent journalism in the Philippines continues. In fact, just several days ago, uh, we came out with a statement uh, condemning the ongoing uh, cyber attacks or not just the alternative press, but also the few that remains critical and unbowed by uh, the harassments, the intimidation uh, led by President Duterte himself. It's only very recently that the big media outfits have come out 
with admissions that they're under uh, distributed denial of service attacks, much as we have suffered these past years. For example, in the case of Kodak Productions, our daily website traffic, we'd be lucky to have 100,000 unique kits uh, a day because we're small and not many Filipinos are into uh, uh, alternative uh, and independent uh, journalism. The Filipinos still prefer uh, corporate media uh, pretty much. But under distributed denial of service attacks, you could have as many as 150 million hits. In fact, um, uh, the uh, digital rights activist group, uh, Curium in Sweden, has said that no one has been hit by uh, DDoS as much as Kodao and my other outfit, Bulatlat.com, in the whole of 2020 were the most uh, cyber attack media outfits in the world. And uh, we have uh, levied charges against two private companies. And just last year, the Department of uh, Information and Communication Technology, a government line agency, has admitted that uh, one of those that instigate attacks against us is the Philippine army itself. That's how high and that's how uh, ominous uh, and sinister the attacks um, uh, that we suffer, that even the government itself is forced to admit that the military establishment in the Philippines is leading the cyber attacks. Uh, against independent journalism in the Philippines. Uh, We are also victims of red tagging. This is the nefarious practice of uh, labeling us as terrorists, as communist sympathizers, just because we don't like, they don't like uh, our reports, which are usually mostly uh, around 80% of our reports are on human rights. That's why in my representation as a journalist with the United Nations uh, Human Rights Council in uh, uh, 2020, uh, we, I, uh, we made the, the, bold, the bold declaration that independent journalism in the Philippines is human rights work. Uh, and uh, we asked the international community to the United Nations to uh, help protect us because we are being killed, we are being intimidated, we are being labeled as terrorists. Uh, but we soldier on, so to speak, as with other uh, brave human rights defenders in this country, uh, we could not give up. And so we, we still continue to come out with more human rights stories. In fact, uh, my story for today is about the commando-style raid on a community doctor uh, 
in in Mindanao. Uh, her house, the, the 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 police scaled the walls, uh, destroyed the front door of their ancestor house, just to arrest an elderly and ailing community doctor, who was also taking care of uh, her mom. When uh, when raided and arrested uh, just this morning. Thank you for sharing that. Um, people can visit your website. It's kodao.org, K-O-D-A-O.org. There's a lot of different channels there. Um, so just to underline, you talked about uh, red tagging. Uh, I, I realize that this is a really important um, reality for progressive journalists and activists in the, in the Philippines. There's been an appeal from European parliamentary um, voices recently um, that have been contacted by human rights groups in um, the Philippines uh, to address this issue. But so just for people to understand, what does that mean? I mean, we're in 2022, red tagging, it sounds sort of like a framework that would be uh, in a, you know, sort of a framework from the Cold War era. Um, but uh, this is something that you're facing today in terms of violence from the Filipino government um, and uh, the military. Uh, and also, you know, there's other uh, players involved. I understand that in terms of paramilitary organizations. So what is it and why is it happening in terms of the questions and challenges that progressive media outlets um, are presenting to the state? Why is red tagging happening from your perspective in terms of trying to silence these voices? But first of all, just pl please explain what, what it is for people here who don't understand. Yes, Stefan, you are right in saying that it's a, a throwback to the Cold War era. It's a page torn out of uh, uh, the McCarthyist uh, playbook of uh, of ascribing terrorist links, so-called terrorist links to those who are critical of the government uh, or uh, in our case, journalists who come out with critical uh, stories and information that the government doesn't want the people to know, much less the international community to realize uh, what's happening in, in our country. Um, they call us, uh, uh, well, red tagging is the practice of uh, ascribing links to so-called terrorist organizations. First, to intimidate uh, us journalists and other human rights defenders to not come up with stories and reports on uh, human rights violations, such as the mass killing of suspected uh, drug dependents in the Philippines, which the Duterte government has uh, unleashed on the Filipino people since 2016. Uh, that's one. Second, this is to um, uh, uh, justify whatever attacks that we will be made to suffer, such as uh, assassinations or uh, closures of our uh, media outfits by uh, leveling uh, all sorts 
charges such as uh, not filing income taxes or saying that we are uh, being supported by uh, by uh, meddlesome uh, international organizations uh, and that we are being controlled by uh, of all things uh, imperialist uh, organizations how uh, uh, to uh, influence uh, public discourse in our country uh, the sad thing about it is that these are not just threats these are not just accusations against us we are dying we are being arrested and put in jail uh, just the other day uh, uh, Frenchie May Cumpio uh, an alternative journalist a community journalist I personally trained in radio broadcasting uh, observed her second year in uh, in jail and uh, just as the original charge of uh, of uh, communist links uh, the, the the court case uh, charging her with communist links is about to be uh, submitted for uh, the decision of the of the judge the military uh, charged her with another fabricated case of uh, terrorist financing uh, and so this very young lady who uh, was uh, editor of her student publication at the university of the philippines and uh, was uh, was producing posting a regular radio show uh, is being branded uh, as a communist guerrilla uh, bearing arms and and uh, and uh, planning ambuscades against the military when she is in fact uh, uh, a regular uh, radio broadcaster in the country's leading uh, radio network uh, so it's it's more than a threat it's a it's a way of uh, of uh, silencing uh, critical voices voices uh, we claim to be of the people because our stories come from the communities come from the marginalized sectors come from uh, deep convictions for social justice they don't want that uh, on the other hand, they in, in the past few years, Duterte, Duterte's camp has uh, empowered uh, trolls and made them as uh, uh, powerful uh, influencers of the discourse to try to cover up uh, human rights violations, corruption, and uh, misgovernance in this country. Thank you, Raymond, for sharing all of that. Uh, the last question would just be for people to sort of have a picture as to social economic realities today in Manila, but also in the Philippines in general. I mean, you're, you're in the capital, but just about understanding um, the the reasons why the state 
is using systemic violence to crack down on social movements and independent media outlets. Um, there is a lot of opposition to the current government and their their um, tactics around the drug war, but this is taking place not in isolation. There is a broader conflict in the Philippines around land and economic inequality um, that is sort of behind, like creates the historical context and the historical reality through which social violence is happening today. So can you try to give us a bit of context and understanding, you know, people will see headlines, you know, there's these many um, killings have happened in relation to the drug war. There's a complaint at the European Human Rights Commission. There's, a, there's um, you know, a report that has been made through Amnesty about this. But just for us to understand how is this current crisis of human rights existing within a broader um, social economic reality? Um, the Philippines is uh, governed or misgoverned by powerful uh, political and economic interests. And in a few weeks' time, we'll be holding another national election so we decide uh, who gets to govern or misgovern uh, the country. Um, this may come as a surprise to uh, peoples in, of, of progressive countries such as Canada, but the leading candidates uh, in these presidential elections uh, the leading candidate for the presidential seat is the son and namesake of the ousted dictator Ferdinand Marcos. His junior appears at this point to be uh, headed back to uh, the presidency or, or, or reclaim uh, the presidency. Uh, that uh, their family has held on for so long uh, through uh, brutal uh, uh, rule, martial rule. His running mate is the daughter of the current president, Rodrigo Duterte. And uh, she's also leading in uh, surveys and they appear to be uh, continuations of uh, the political and economic interests that uh, has kept this country maldeveloped and uh, languishing as a banana republic with uh, widespread poverty, human rights violations, control of, uh, of uh, the economic base uh, as they uh, are the biggest landlords or in cahoots with the biggest landlords in this country. And uh, uh, also uh, 
the owners of the biggest uh, or our friends, the owners of the biggest corporations in this country, as well as uh, foreign economic interests in, in, uh, in this country. That was an exchange with Raymond Villanueva uh, in Manila. Uh, he is an independent journalist. He's worked with um, many organizations, but important to this exchange uh, is to highlight that he worked with the National Union of Journalists in the Philippines, which is the foremost uh, organization representing reporters in the Philippines. I've had the chance to meet Raymond a few times in Manila and also get to see the role that, you know, press freedom groups are playing in the country, um, you know, in the context of a government where we see like systemic paramilitary killings under President Duterte in the Philippines through what is being called a war on drugs. But uh, the creation of, you know, mechanisms of social and political uh, violence through the police and military and also paramilitaries that has also expanded to the targeting of left organizations. So the war on drugs has sort of been a wave of violence, state-driven violence that has allowed for a broader creation of a political and social militarized society. Um, so we've also seen, you know, this process called red, red tagging, which, you know, sounds like sort of a Cold War scenario. And in the Philippines, uh, the context is that, you know, left organizations are constantly accused of being affiliated to terrorism, quote unquote. But basically, you know, there's a very significant progressive movement in the Philippines demanding land reform and social and economic justice. Uh, one that, you know, independent progressive researchers and reporters like uh, Raymond Villanueva, who I spoke to this week on Free City Radio, have been part of. So that's a bit of context. I would really encourage you to visit uh, uh, one of the pages that Raymond contributes to, which is bulatlat.com. That's B-U-L-A-T-L-A-T.com. He also works with Kudao Productions, which you can look up, K-O-D-A-O. Um, so thank you to Raymond for being um, on the program this week here on Free City Radio. It is Friday the 25th of February. I'm Stefan Christoph in Montreal. We share two new episodes a week. Uh, we also broadcast Wednesdays at 11 a.m. on CKUT 90.3 FM in the city of Montreal. And we'll be starting to broadcast on CGLO on Tuesdays at 1 p.m. CGLO is on AM radio at 1690. You can also find us, of course, through this international podcast network on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just search Free City Radio. I'm Stefan Christoph in Montreal, and I'm going to go out with some classic tracks from DJ Crush, who I remember hearing um, quite a bit of music from when I was visiting Manila. Thanks again to Raymond Villanueva for being on the program this week, and I'll talk to you next week. Take care.